So we're in this uh, series, Christ in the Chaos. And I, I continue to be reminded that I didn't get to choose this, but God chose this for me. But because God chose this for me, I am reminded of what a blessing it is to have been chosen by God for this. Now, for this for what? For this time in history and even in the location. Because as we think of Christ and all this happening in our world today, we just sang the song that Christ is enough, and he really is. We don't often act or look like that, but it's true. He really, really, truly is. And so that being the case, then our lives are the blessing of God to our families and our communities in this time in history. What a great thing that is. And as we look at this, and we're going to talk about these worldviews, two worldviews. Here's what I believe. I, I listen to the news. I'm not on social media. And I listen to different sources. But for the most part, our views are shaped by CNN or Fox News rather than by the Bible. Okay? And there's a huge, huge difference in the two. Let me illustrate. Well, let me just go to this first, and that'll help. The Spirit explicitly says that in the latter times, some will fall away from the faith. Now, as a pastor, I can't tell you how many times I've read that, and my heart breaks every time I do. Because sadly, I know it's true. I understand that maybe you're at a particular local church and something happens that hasn't been resolved as it should have been. It's not right, but it happens. Are we the one we like around here? And, and the reason I like it is because I've been in conferences over the years where we've been had some of the most amazing Bible teachers. And they would be asked the question, do people ever leave your church? And the answer would be, yes, they do. What reason do they give for leaving your church? Oh, they're not being fed. You guys, that, did that even land anywhere? We've had people leave here, and I asked them, why are you leaving? I'm not being fed. I do believe the Bible is being taught. Our prayer is it's being taught in a way that the Holy Spirit is directing. Do we get it right every time? No, we don't. But that obviously and very correctly is our goal. You can be assured of that. But here the Holy Spirit of God prophesying through Paul in the first century says, in these latter times, some will fall away from the faith. My point of the illustration I just gave was, if you leave here and go to another church, I kind of get it. You know, we're not for everybody. It's okay. Get that. But when you leave here and you don't go anywhere, that's when it is horrifyingly heartbreaking. 
So here the Spirit is saying to us, there's coming a time, there's coming a day, and we're living in that time and day, and people will just fall away. So the question is, why are they falling away? Well, it's right here in the same verse. Paying attention to deceptful, deceitful, deceptful, deceitful or delusional spirits and doctrines of demons. What the heck is that? Let me illustrate. Biblical view, worldview. In the book of Genesis, when God created man and woman, male and female, how many genders were there? Two. If you go on Google today and you ask how many genders are there, survey says plus male and female plus 72. I don't know if you can get any more insane than that. Any more delusional than that. I've read all of them and tried to read the description of, of each of them and it absolutely makes no sense. I mean, it is absolutely ludicrous. In fact, some of the things that are happening now as we look at this verse and we look at how it's happening in our world today, not too many years ago, you would have been considered mentally ill to have some of the views that are being promoted in our world today. So here in the first century, the Spirit of God says, this is what's going to happen. There's going to be delusion and even doctrines of demons. So let's look at a few of these. I can't get them all. I'm not going to try to. I'm going to be like the Apostle Paul when he lists the sins in Galatians. He's not giving all of them. He's just giving categories. In our America, in the 30s, I'm talking about the 1930s, humanism was adopted as a religion of governmental education. Now, what's that mean? That means that God is no longer God, but we are God. And since we are God, we don't have to be accountable to a higher authority, no matter what he says or what he does. What it says, that's what it is. Now that, of course, was adopted then and then progressively came into the educational system because I am delighted that as I was coming through elementary school, all my elementary teachers had Bibles on their desk. They would read from those Bibles. They would pray with us. And we would even do the Pledge of Allegiance, if you can imagine that. Now again, I'm not nationalist in the sense of nation above God. That's what Hitler did, and you saw the result of that. 73, Roe versus Wade. 62 million legal abortions. Is that delusion? That it's all right to take the life of an unborn child? In my mind, it is. 2019, 
after Roe versus Wade has defeated New York and Illinois pass laws for late-term abortion even to birth pains. That's delusional. I'm sorry, that's me. You may not feel that way. I'm, I happen to be the one up here today, so I get to say what I got to say. 2015, the law was passed that same-sex marriages are legal. Now, I got to tell you, that's delusional. Again, you're sitting here, you may see things differently. But this progressive thinking that we're taught about today and given to us today, and if you oppose it, is you're just, I mean, how, you know, you're just old, cranky, some old whatever, fundamental, conservative. That's, that's actually what's happening. And it's happening today. So as we look at Christ in the chaos, we have to continue to remind ourselves who he is, what he has done, and what he is doing. And that's why our lives are to be different. Now, by the way, if you think that what we're talking about today hasn't happened before, I would refer you back to Genesis chapter 6. God looked at his creation that had gone so far away from his word and his teaching. He said, enough is enough. And they sent a flood. Now, some of you last week probably thought, oh, we're getting close. We're going to have another flood. (laughs) Not even close. And then God chose out of all the population, those who were righteous, Noah and his family, saved them on the ark, and then started all over. Now, how he's going to do all this, I am the very first one to tell you, I don't know. I've studied it, I've read it, I pray, I just don't know how he's going to do all this at the end of time. And I got to tell you, I'm really not all upset about that. He is God. He's got all this stuff figured out. In fact, he knew all this stuff before the foundation of the world. So here's our amazing God, and in Matthew 24, it says that, just to pay attention to our context, as it was in the days of Noah, what are they doing? Just doing the stuff, all the junk, and that's when God says he'll bring his judgment. I've listed a few. By no means is this all that's happening in our world. And we can sit and hang out on that. But I do want to take you to this scripture. Because again, through Paul, the Holy Spirit is prophesying what the world will look like as we get into the end of time. Realize this, that in the last days, difficult times will come. For men will be lovers of themselves. It's all about feelings. I was reading one account of a progressive thinking parent who was wanting to help their child decide, or excuse me, that wasn't the case. They wanted to give their child the freedom to decide what gender they were, male or female. And so the interviewer asked this progressive parent, 
Well, how does that work? And she said, well, now this is funny because this is her quote. She said, well, my little boy, when he wakes up in the morning, I sit down on the side of his bed and I ask him, darling, do you feel more like a boy today or more like a girl? She said, if he answers boy, then all day I treat him like a little boy. But if he answers girl, then all day I treat him like a little girl. In other words, it's all about the feelings. And I got to tell you, having been pastor now for over 50 years, I have never seen a time where people are so doggone ultra sensitive in their feelings. Say one word in a paragraph, and oh my God, my world has ended. Are you kidding me? Wouldn't it be nice just to have to be in a room with adults? Many of you may not know about the gifts in Romans chapter 12, the motivational gifts. One of those gifts, or seven of them, one of those gifts is profit. I happen to be of that gift. That's a God thing. I didn't do it. He did it. But I went to a meeting one time, and everybody there had the same gift. I thought I was in heaven. You could say what was on your mind, and nobody cared. (laughs) Prophets don't care. It's water off a duck's back. You're ugly. So are you. Who cares? It doesn't matter. But oh, not today. Curriculums are actually being changed to accommodate everybody's feelings. Let me ask you this question. This is a little side note. How many of you enjoyed the poinsettias? For Christmas. Were they not beautiful? I didn't tell you this, but if they get if they get their way, I'm not sure who they are, if they get their way and we have them next year, we won't be able to call them poinsettias. Because Mr. Poinsett, who actually grew the poinsettias, was a slave owner, and so we can't attach his name to a beautiful flower. Are we talking about delusional? Now, maybe it's just me. Maybe I'm the delusional one, and I can't see all this mess because it absolutely makes no sense whatsoever. Lovers of themselves, based on their feelings, lovers of money. And see, it's not just the fact that you have the money, but it's what that money gets for me, what that money does for me. It's what I want. Money is inherently not evil at all. Pile it up here. Not going to hurt anybody. You guys might hurt each other trying to get to it. But it's what I want, what I can, what I can get, where I can go. Boastful. We've mentioned this a little bit. Some of you. I love you. I don't have firsthand knowledge because I, I don't mess with it. Some of the social media, but some of you get on there and brag about everything. Arrogant. I'm above you. How did that happen? Me or you or anybody else? How did we get above somebody else? I, I can't tell you. I'm, I had a conversation with somebody before the service, and 
I didn't count it as a blessing necessarily growing up on a hog farm in Ohio, but now I do. Because it keeps me in a place of, okay, that's where I started you. It's got to go up from there, right? Slopping hogs. And yes, hauling manure too. If it goes in, it comes out. Revilers. Crude speech. And here's the one. Disobedient to parents. I love you parents. I do. I am one. But some of you need to decide that you're not your child's friend. You're their parent. One day, God willing, as an adult, they'll be your friend. And it's wonderful because we have three of those. But when they're little kids, they don't need you as a friend. They need you as a parent. They need you as someone who will set the boundaries and keep them and help them with all the things that they're going to go through, not to decide if they're a boy or a girl, but to unpack all the treasure that God has placed in them as his creation. What an amazing privilege and opportunity it is. Ungrateful. We absolutely live in a society where it's like, I'm entitled. You, the world, somebody owes me something. I should get a paycheck, but you should work for that. Why? Because the Bible says if you don't work, you don't eat. I like that. I literally had that one time years ago. We had a guy that came by the church looking for help. And it happens. It's legit at times. But he made the mistake. He came back twice. And when he came back the second time, I had a little more time and a few more questions. And I just asked him, I said, so where is it you work? Oh, I don't happen to have a job right now. Oh, really? Well, where is it you used to work? Oh, well, it's been quite some time since I've worked. And so I pulled out the verse. I said, well, since this Bible that is my view says if you don't work, you don't eat. I'm sorry, I can't help you today. He didn't come back. I think I offended him. Unholy, unloving, irreconcilable. People can't get along. You hurt my feelings. Oh, no, you hurt my feelings. No, you hurt my feelings. Really? How about I'm wrong. I'm sorry. Please forgive me and mean it. It's not just to get there. Malicious gossips. <laughs> Again, if we didn't... Well, okay, I, I used to be a pastor who was kind of bad. I've, I've grown up a lot. And when I came to Chester, one of the things I realized very quickly was it was a place of gossip. It's just true. So I was a little bad. So if I had a little time on my hand, I want to do something bad... I'd get on the phone and I'd tell somebody something that was gossip. I know. I was wrong, okay? And I knew who the gossips were in the church. 
So I would quickly go make a pastoral visit. And I would get there. And they would say, Pastor, you're not going to believe it. Believe what? And they would tell me. I said, well, I got news for you. What's that? It's not true. Oh, pastor, so-and-so called, so-and-so, so-and-so called, so-and-so, and so It's got to be true. I said, no, it's not true because I'm the one that started it. <laughs> that was bad. I, I, I repented. I have, I promise. I don't do that anymore either. I don't do that on social media. Without self-control, what really controls us? And see, i got to tell you, this one's the one that I have to... Because I like sweets. I just do. I'm sorry. I like sweets. My wife makes amazing sweets. I could blame her and tell her to quit making all that good stuff. And she has honed it down. But she is not the one that twists my arm and takes me to the refrigerator and says, Oh, get that cookie. Get that. (laughs) Feel the pain, don't you? (laughs) Brutal. Haters of good. Treacherous. Reckless. Conceited. Lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. That one... Well, that one's so real. Living for the fun, living for the, for the moment, living for the weekend, living for the event. I got to tell you, I like to go on vacation. I like to take trips. I do. But sometimes we get a little over the top on this stuff. Look what it says. Lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. Does God say don't have pleasure? No, he's not a stick in the mud. He likes us to have pleasure. But what really is our love? And here's the one that really kind of finishes it all for us. Holding to a form of godliness, although they have denied his power. In other words, talk a good game. Show up on Sunday. Sing the songs. Listen well. Be doers of the word, the word, and not hearers only. That's what the word of God says. Avoid these folks. Man, I'll go on Paul. He's just a rascal, isn't he? Ephesians 2. Please listen prayerfully and carefully to the progression that I'm presenting to you. And you were dead in your trespasses and sins in which you formerly walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, of the spirit that is now working in the sons of disobedience. He says, that's who you were. That is not who you are. Big difference. That is who you were, not who you are. Because what? We just sang it. Christ is enough. His death, burial, and resurrection is enough. The coming of the Holy Spirit into our lives to empower, to enable us is enough. That's our God. That's what our God has done for us. That's why our God in his love and care for us makes a way for us. 
And then if you have not memorized this scripture, please put it on your list. 2 Corinthians 10, 3 through 5. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. In other words, there's a battle going on. For the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but divinely powerful to the destruction of fortresses. Another one says strongholds. And please understand, there's good strongholds and bad strongholds. We as believers have to have those good strongholds that God has built up in our life by the power that he's given through the, uh, the Holy Spirit working in us. But at the same time, there's bad strongholds. And those need to be destroyed. How are they going to be destroyed? For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. It's not my intellect. It's not my capacity. It's not my ability. But we are divinely powerful. The weapons that we have that God has given us through the work and person of the Holy Spirit. For we are destroying speculation and every lofty thing raised up against the knowledge of God. And we're taking every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. And you guys have heard my story. I've said it many times. I used to, I memorized that as a young, young believer. And I always interpreted it as... I got a thought, it's a bad thought, I need to take it captive, and I need to surrender that to Christ, and I would do that. And then one day, the Holy Spirit, who wrote the book, shows up and says, you're not getting it. You don't get it, you're not getting it right, Steve. Oh, but Lord, when I get a bad thought, I take the time to take it captive. He says, that's not what it says. When the author of the book shows up and says, you're not getting it, you might want to pay attention. Because what he told me was, it's every thought. Because see, up until then, if I got a good thought, and I knew it was a good thought, I was going to do whatever was required to get it done. And what God was trying to teach me that day, the Holy Spirit was teaching me that day was, as you get those thoughts, there is a timing process that you need to understand. And it was amazing, that revelation and how it helped me and changed how I did life. And as God would give me the things that he wanted me to do, then I would be very careful to get in step in cadence with him, if you know what cadence is. There's a, it's like a beat of a drum that gets you in, in step with the one who is leading the parade, as it were. In this case, it's God. And I would see God provide supplies and people and and just see things done. It was absolutely amazing, continues to be amazing. Taking every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. And here in Matthew 26, came to his disciples. This is going to be the key, so this is it. This is what I've been getting ready for, taking you to... He came to his disciples. He was in the garden and found them sleeping. I have a suspicion that Christ has come to us on more than one occasion and found us sleeping. Because what he'd ask them to do was this, guys, can you not watch with me just one hour? Now, they didn't quite understand all that he was getting ready to go through. 
And he didn't really, I mean, he told them, but it wasn't uh, apparently clear enough for them to get it. He said, I just need you to pray with me for an hour. And said to Peter, so you men could not keep watch with me for one hour? Keep watching and praying that you may not enter into temptation. For the spirit, that's our human spirit, is willing, but the flesh is weak. So what do we do? Well, first of all, the folks who are living in that delusion still need the Christ that we have. And if we jump on them and thump them with our Bibles they're pretty much not going to respond in a very favorable way. What if, on the other hand, that God would use us, empowered by his word and the spirit, the Holy Spirit, and we could love them because it tells us in Romans 5, 5, that the love of God is in us through the spirit that can be shed abroad. And they too can come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. They too can come to the place where we are, that we have this relationship with God. That My prayer for us is that it's not a form of godliness, but it's the real deal. A real relationship, a real intimacy with him. <clears throat> On a really positive note, over the last few weeks... I've been, excuse me, just about made it through today. I've been watching and seeing that God is working in people's lives in a way that I haven't seen in a while. I'm not at that place to share that with you at the moment, those specifics, but I'm just telling you before God. He is right here with us, loving us, and using us to share his truth and to love unconditionally and pray mightily for those who are in such desperate need. That's our God. He loves us. Would you stand, please? <clears throat> Father, you know, God, you know our hearts. You made us. You know our purpose. You created us. And our world today, the world that you placed us in, is in desperate need. So my prayer is that you would use us as you see fit. 
that every person here today has a realm of influence in the people's lives they touch. Holy Spirit, make it count for good and for glory for our Father. All that needs to be done, Father, all that needs to be done, we give you praise. We give you praise. We give you praise. And thank you, Jesus, that you are enough. And we celebrate that. And as we leave here today, we do so equipped with spiritual weaponry to fulfill and accomplish your word and your will every day. We thank you for this in Christ's holy name. Amen.